Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Chapter Tactics, where we talk about both tactics and strategies for both new and veteran players alike. I am your host, Magic Harpies Fly, also known as Matt, and with me today, we have the very, very, not as bald as he was last time, Scott LaFountain. Hey, guys, how's it going? And on top of that, we have our guest today, which is the one, the only, Stephen Corrales from XPZ. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah. How about uh, go ahead and introduce yourself uh, for people that don't know exactly who you are. Sure, sure. Uh, first off, guys, thanks for having me on. Uh, I appreciate I appreciate it. It's going to be fun. We'll talk about a little bit of chaos here in a moment. But uh, my name's Steven. Um, I'm from uh, the West Coast, San Diego, to be specific. Um, I'm the I'm the founder and uh, captain of uh, Zenos Petting Zoo, which is a competitive team over here on the West Coast. Um, also, uh, just, um, you know, trying to be somewhat of a, uh, of a purveyor of the 40 K community and, uh, trying to build, build on the community as a whole, um, so that we all have, a um, a cool thing to, to hang out and play 40 K and just have uh, different events and opportunities to do that as much as possible and trying to just make that abundant. Um, so that's me. Heck yeah. Scott, Scott, awesome. did you, did something change with your camera? Yeah, I have a new camera, and for oh, okay. some reason it didn't switch over. So, oh, okay. yeah, so you now I lost me for a second, and yeah. you get you know a prettier me in HD instead of you know the janky camera on my, on my computer. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> People think that we're all ugly, so like it's fine. We we all play. Well, now they get to see like yeah, but now they get to see just how ugly I am in HD, so oh. it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds terrible. Demons release. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, for today, we're going to be talking about uh, Chaos Demons uh, or Chaos Demons, Chaos Space Marines. I'm sorry. I saw the the Demons article and it's just still fresh in my head. But uh, we are going to be talking about Chaos Space Marines and um, basically just like prodding um, Steven to see like exactly how they're doing. Because what you said that uh, Chaos Space Marines is like one of your first armies, right? Yeah, Chaos Space Marines is kind of the the army that brought me back into 40k eighth uh, and ninth edition. I'm I'm unlike the general populace, you know, most of the guys are. I've been playing since second edition. You know, that's not me. You know, um, I, I played a lot when I was young and loved it, and then uh, mm. got out, and then and then uh, realistically getting back into Chaos and like you know popping back into there is kind of what pulled me back in towards the tail end of ninth, and it's been uh, gone ever since. So I, I have a lot of uh, a Chaos faction, and uh, it's kind of my army of passion. You know how we we all tend to have several armies, but there's the one that you love. That's my army. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm in, uh, I'm invigorated with the new decks coming out, and uh, you know, glad to have something viable again. Yeah, dude, it was like it, it was pretty rough for a while, huh? Like it was just <laughs> who <are> you tell <laughs> who <are> you tell. <laughs> yeah, we started like a year and a half. Yeah, like, dude, I like I no shame, man. Put them back on the shelf for a good solid eight months, um, oh. just because, man, I got sick of taking beatings. That you know, you go there and you're just like, dude, no matter how good or how solid things are, I have one wound. You know, like so, you know, so yeah, I'm I'm happy about that. Happy that they're uh, they're viable. Heck yeah, nice. And we also have uh some. <clears throat> some uh, uh leaks or not leaks but like information about stuff that's happened so far but before we get into that uh we have this weekly games recap where we kind of just recap some of the stuff that we did over the weekend uh scott you said that you uh haven't played anything this weekend yeah so well shame. i haven't played shame. Any, i haven't played any warhammer shame, shame. i've played any <laughs> give me stripped down naked in the yeah. court you're ringing the bell right yeah so <laughs> Um, I know I haven't played any Warhammer this week. Um, it, I've got a lot going on this month. Uh, actually, tomorrow is my, my wife's 20th anniversary, so we got stuff planned for that. And then, 
Universal Studios next weekend for, with the kids. So, yeah, not a lot of time for playing games. Um, but mm-hmm. we did play a game with my brother called Unmatched. Have you guys heard of this game? No. What the heck is that? What is Unmatched? So Unmatched, Unmatched is an, uh, it's been out for like two years now, mm-hmm. but it's got different versions of it. So, um, like, one of the games that we have here is the Jurassic Park version. Oh. And so you can play as either uh, Dr. Ellie Sl- uh, Sattler or the T-Rex. <laughs> and you can't, so, wait, 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 can you not play as uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum? It's so either her or the he's, T-Rex? So, so yeah. you can play as him, but he's, he plays as another character that counts as a token on the board. Oh, so he's like and an so, NPC? Uh, no, you still use him in the game. It's just like you have two models instead of having just Ellie. You have him and Ellie that you're moving around doing stuff with. Uh, oh, but okay. the whole idea is just to go in and attack each other and try to win. And so I've been playing that game with the kids and then painting up the models for it. And so you're probably not going to see great pictures of them on the thing here, but uh, oh, a little cool. bit of a size difference here. Yeah. Is that true uh, to but scale? Play... I have no idea. Can I'm you, not that big pro- of a nerd. Can you proxy the T-Rex as a squigoth? I think that you can, right? I'm pretty sure that you can. You know, he's probably big. I mean, here's here's some next to like a Chaos Fury, so... Yeah, I mean, he's, he's pretty good enough. size. Yeah, you can yeah. you can proxy him as Bellacore. I think you're good. I think you're fine. Nah, not quite that. Big. <laughs> and then, um, so but that, the cool thing about this game is you can mix and match characters from every, from every box set. Oh, okay. So the other box set that we got is the Hell's Kitchen box set with Daredevil, Bullseye, and Electra. Oh, that's cool. And so in this one, you can play like uh, Electra and four of her uh, hands, uh, ninja workers, whatever. And mm-hmm. so again, same thing. I've been working on painting them up, and so little daredevil electric figures but they're way smaller than normal like even space marines so the detail kind of crap on them uh but the game is super fun takes only about like 20 30 minutes to play a game and you can play it before people so nice okay all right well kind of nerding out with that a little bit hey listen all right i love i love board games with a passion like you have no idea so seeing that you're branching out and playing some other ones with your kids like that makes me very very happy steven what about you what, what have you done over the over the weekend um, over the weekend, let's see. I, um, I've been trying to really lab this uh, this Chaos Space Marines list I've been playing. Um, so um, I'm trying to think of the last game. I think I ran it against the Kraken Nids list. Um, if that's what we're talking about, we're talking about games and stuff. And that was the I think that was my last game. And then right before that, okay. we had a I had an RTT. I brought them to. And how did that go? And how'd you do with the RTT? Yeah. The RTT was good. Uh, I didn't drop any, so 3-0 with the new Chaos Space Marines, so nice. it was solid. Um, it felt like the game plan was working. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty hyped on it, pretty excited about it, um, trying to see how far I can take that. Heck yeah. All right, cool. So everyone had like a pretty busy a pretty busy weekend. Um, all I did this weekend, I played like Chaos Demons versus Orcs um, for like a stream. That was pretty fun. Uh I only and lost how, by how like six. Go? I only lost by six points. It was like Monster Mash, uh, Slanesh with Bellacore, and it was like totally fine. Um, I will say that, that the orcs a, list that was wasn't cool very game. good. So you know, it was like <laughs> take that as you will. Uh, but yeah, that's mostly it. Um, now I I will say I watched the end of that game. Yeah, and I I think had you taken no prisoners, oh, you'd yeah. have won that one. Oh yeah, yeah. But I wanted to take the secondaries that said like reality. There's like reality rebels and like despoilers of reality, and I was like, I'm gonna take both of them because they're awesome. Despoilers of reality is terrible. It's a very very bad secondary. Never take it. But uh, um, what's it called? Uh, uh, reality rebels or reality rebels, whatever however you pronounce it it's a it's really good i like it it's a good secondary um moving on from there we've got new 
releases. Scott, do you want to run us through some of the new releases that are coming out? Cool, yeah. So we have the uh, Demios Pattern Predator for 30k or the Horse Heresy, whichever one you guys calling it out there. Um, this is the old original, like, second edition Predator that they redid in resin from Forge World, and then they're redoing it now in plastic. Uh, how many people saw this one? But the big one, uh, Angron, the Demon Prince of Corn or Primarch of Corn. <laughs> you Dude, don't say, I, huh? <laughs> like, I'm, I'll tell you, I'm a diehard, like, Dark Angels fan. Like, I've got more points in Dark Angels than probably any two armies combined I own. And, like, I saw that model. As much as I was disappointed, it wasn't the lion. I was like, oh. I got to get it still. It just looks so awesome. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, <laughs> world leaders, but like, I, I got to get him. Like, he just looks so cool. I swear. Man. I just um, want him to be savage. I want that model to be so good. Oh, that 40k yeah. dude. Like, Yeah. He's going to be ridiculous. I think. DW's skin um, is so good at printing their plastic, man. Like every single time they come out with like somebody new, it like, it looks so good. They always look so good. The Sunday preview. Uh, we didn't see a whole lot there. Um, the, the one big thing we saw there was the Kill Team box set. Uh, for those of you that missed this, because you probably weren't looking for it, there's some Imperial Naval Breachers, which uh, basically looks like uh, uh, Militarum, uh, where running around with double-barreled shotguns and shields, which That's could be cool. cool. Yeah. The, the problem is they're probably going to be like the um, the Voidsmen, where they have no rules for like six months, and they come out and they're kind of trash, and then like a year later they get a little bit of steam and pick up, and they find playable rules, but then... You can't find the models anywhere. Yeah. Something, something, so, tinfoil hat, uh, you know, they release the models and then they wait and then uh, it's not good. So then they make broken rules for them and then they sell it. Something, something, yeah. tinfoil hat, something, something. Is that, is that yeah. what you're trying to say? Yeah. So I don't know how great that's going to be. But on mm -hmm. the other side of that box set is a new croup kin band. And um, this provides us with some new croup models. But the big thing is this is going to have a plastic croup shaper in it. Oh, so okay. the little character for the crew, uh, you can pick up him in that box, which is kind of cool. Okay, all right. Um, then, Not that anyone's uh, running a crew shaper, but you know, it's still it's cool. You know, to have. I made a I made a list. I thought about running one. I mean, a little like uh -huh. 25, 25, 35 point model. Yeah. That you can toss a warlord trade on, just hide him in the back. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. With CP being yeah. so frugal now. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I had an extra spot in a battalion. You know. Yeah. 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 Uh, the thing I'm most excited about here is the following day on Sunday, we saw that they are finally going to be releasing uh, Cabundus or Cabanda soon. Is Cabanda it Cabanda? Is a... Or Cabanda, is it Cabanda? Yeah. It's, it's Cabanda. Cabanda. Dude, that was... no I actively Cabanda. tried to hold back laughter right there. <laughs> yeah, so Cabanda, dude. <laughs> so yeah, so Cabanda will be coming out. Uh, he is the largest Forge World model, model in the Heroes figure line. Uh, he's gonna be priced at three hundred and thirty dollars US. Oh my goodness, that's so much. Yeah, he comes on a knight base. Yeah. So like Imperial Knight base, he's on that size base. He's gonna be freaking huge. Mm. <clears throat> um, I'm waiting till I see the rules before I put any money down on that guy because uh, that's a that's quite a bit of money to drop for a model that may yeah. be kind of crappy, and it's one of the last Forge World hero models that's still in resin. So I don't know. That dude's I'm so sick. That one. Yeah. He, oh, he looks awesome. He looks amazing. I just yeah, want to you know can if he's going to be warped. Can... If he, if you can... Oh, if he's warped? Yeah. Comes, comes with hair dryer. Yeah, it comes <laughs> with... <laughs> well, the, the cool thing is, I looked at the video about him, is uh, his the big whip that he has comes in like seven pieces. Why? So it's, not like, it's, not, it's not like the last Bloodthirster with the, 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 I think, Angron, or whatever his name is, the, one that, the Exalted Demon Bloodthirster you can get yeah. through Forge World, where his whip is like one solid straight piece, so you have to bend it to the shape you want it. 
Like, that's such a horrible idea. So coming in the multiple pieces, I think it's probably a better option for that. Watch all the seven pieces are, like, the spikes on the tips that you have to, like, glue on. You're just going to lose a finger. That's all it's going to be. That's all it is. Less is more, Scott. He does does come Have you ever glued your fingers together? Yeah, like, it's... (laughs) Multiple times. Yeah. All right. Uh, But he does come with an optional helmet, which looks kind of sick. So if you get a chance to look at that, take a look at that. It's going to look pretty awesome. Uh, and then the most exciting thing was on Monday, uh, they finally told us we're getting a Chaos Demon Codex soon. Let's go! About Let's go! freaking time. Jeez. They can finally, you know, it'll, it'll, be, a, it'll be a good time. I, I, I'm I, looking forward to it. I want to know what they're going to do with, like, the Greater Demons and if that's still going to be, like, if you can still run Monster Mash because that's, like, my favorite part of Chaos Demons is the Greater Demons. No? Just the small dudes? Well, what? I don't know. They're, they're not. No, they're not. I don't think they're going to do it because you know how uh, how limited HQs are, like Chaos Lords and Demon Princes. Oh, the rule of one. Yeah. Oh no, no. Why so, would you say? Why would you? Why would you kill my dreams like that? <laughs> they want big and little. Haven't oh, you seen Nids? Man. They want the big and the little. Man. So I'll tell you, I did talk to a playtester that told me that in the Codex there is not a way to do it, but that he did see and and he did playtest one of the um, next expansion books coming out. We'll have an army renowned for uh, basically Greater Demon spam. Oh, so it won't be a, it won't be available right away, but uh, rumored is it's still going to happen. Okay, all right. Is this wishful thinking? This it's sounds a... like wishful thinking. <laughs> I don't. Again, I don't want to name names, but it's the same judge I talked to. So leave <laughs> <laughs> it there. But it's this guy right here. <laughs> his, his name rhymes with something something. Uh, so, uh, Scott, what are these leaks that, uh, that you put down here for, uh, Chaos Demons? Okay, so about a week ago, um, Wallace over at Warpammer posted a video on his site, uh, or on YouTube talking about the upcoming, uh, Demon Codex that had not been released or announced yet, and, uh, leaks that he had been told from a playtester. Now, he didn't release any, any copied pages or, you know any details on where he got the information other than that. So, I mean, I don't have any reason not to believe the guy, but take this with a grain of salt. Uh, but this is what's going around the internet right now. So major changes. First off, greater demons limited to one per detachment, oh. not one per God per detachment, but just one per detachment. Just immediately just shit on all, all over my dreams, huh? Just immediately. The first thing. <laughs> but from what they did say, they did say that uh, greater demons will be uh, equivalent of knights and are going to be extremely hard to kill. Oh, okay. So, I mean, if you're only taking two in an army, three in an army, if you're taking like triple triple patrol, um, yeah, they may still be, be pretty pretty good still, but we have to wait and see. Um, most of the unit sizes change from uh, thirty man max to ten man max, except for demonettes are twenty man max. Um, oh, okay. They're also rumored to change stuff like um, beasts of Nurgle uh, going down to like max of three to four, I believe. So you can't run like the big nine man blobs of those that just take forever to try to kill. Okay. Um, most units are able to deep strike for free now. That's so very interesting. Warping and wherever. Yeah. That's interesting. All right. Sounds kind of um, good. That sounds pretty good, but okay. Go ahead. Here's the next big one. Um, they no longer have a demon save. They have a demonic save, which is an unrendable armor save. Unrendable. So that's thinking unrendable. You cannot change their armor save. Oh, okay. Super mega invulnerable. Yeah, basically, yeah. Just uh, it's a it's a save, you know, plus 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 plus. Yeah, you know, <laughs> my save beats your so, save. I have a shield that beats your shield. 
Yeah, yeah well, so yeah, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. So each god has two different saves based on whether it's a ranged attack or a melee attack, um, and they can be different based on the size of the models. Now that's all he said on that part. He didn't say whether it's going to be better or worse on the size of the model. So like. For all we know, they might have a slightly worse save for a greater demon, but a better save for the smaller demons. We just don't know. Just he said they're different size or different save based on the size of the model. Uh, but he did okay. give some examples. So, for example, like um, Zinch demons will have a flat three up save that's unrendable from range attacks and a five up save against melee attacks. Okay. So if you're a hammerhead, you know, shooting at them, they're still going to get just a, a flat three up save from you. Like, you don't get to ignore their save. You can still do your mortal wounds that, afterwards. That doesn't but... sound right. That sounds way too broken. Just like a three-up normal save? Nah. Nah. Yeah. Nah, and then I call Thorn, BS on that one. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. This is the second time I've heard this, though. I heard this from, from some, somewhere else as well, too. Uh, and then Corn is supposed to have kind of the opposite of that, where they get a three-up unrendable save in melee and a five-up unrendable save in shooting. So they're better in melee than the Zinch are. Zinch is better at shooting. I don't know. Be where your God wants you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. And um, then uh, go ahead and uh, let's let's go through the rest of these. So yeah, we'll we go don't... through these pretty quickly yeah, here because yeah, yeah. we're kind of getting run along. Um, horrors will be able to split for free on a roll of a five up. So no more keeping reserve okay. points. Um, they also did say that uh, demonic summoning is going away. We'll no longer be able to summon. Uh, Infernal Gateway does way better where it's just a, it just does a flat three mortal wounds for every unit within three inches of the target unit no longer the closest model uh, anymore. So that gets, that's a little different there. Uh, Bloodletters get base two attacks and base damage two. There's a new unit called the Renmaster. I wonder um, what all... he does. <laughs> Interesting. It's, it's supposed, supposedly, <laughs> it's just it's rewording of... Uh, Rends like... things masterfully. Yeah. <laughs> supposedly, it's supposed to be just like rewording of like some of the corn, um, like Herald of Corn. They're giving oh, it like okay. an actual name, oh, like okay. kind of like the Flux Master and the Change Caster and like that. They're yeah. just calling a Ren Master for Corn. I don't know. Ooh, those it's all rhyme too. Cute, I guess, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, all Corn gets plus one toughness and Blood Crushers. Those are guys on the 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 Blood Letters on the like the giant beast will go up to five wounds. Oh, okay. I like um, that. Here, here's a big one. Plague Bears go up to T five and two wounds each. Okay. Okay. And then their demonic re demonic resilience changed to a, a minus one damage, so they're basically like plague marines now. Yeah. Nurglings are no longer troops; so they lose obsec, but they will gain four deploy, or they will have four deploy still. Okay. And then Slanesh will have access to fight first, fight last, and fight on death abilities. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh I love it. I so, love it. Okay. I mean, there's some spicy things in there, um, but mm -hmm. again. We've only had one person that brought this up. It was brought up in his video. Um, I'm not saying the guy's a liar by any means. This could absolutely all 100% be true, and I hope it is. Yeah, it sounds um, it sounds like that. If any of these, if all these things are true, like demons sound like they're going to be an absolute menace on the board. Because like the, all the stuff that you just said, like sounds really really good. Just the three up against range for Zinch is like insane. Like that's oh, crazy. Yeah. That's insane. Um, but then again, they lose it to a five up against you know melee. So yeah. But who cares? You still have a five. Oh, he, he, one, one other thing he said is um, Karyos, the uh, character greater demon for Zinch, the yeah. big bird with the two heads. Yeah. Um, he, the, the plus to cast that he gets is based off of the battle round. So if it's battle round four, he gets plus four to his cast. <laughs> okay. Which is cute. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Okay. So those are the, that's the news that we've had uh, that's popped up a little bit. Uh, so moving on from there, we're going to start talking about the Chaos Space Marines Codex. But before we do that, just got to say that this show is brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org, where you guys can get amazing game mats for not just your 40K games, but almost any tabletop game out there. Purchase miniatures at a discount and join some of the largest 40K events in the industry. They also have great shows like Signals from the Frontline, Chapter Tactics, which you're listening to right now, Thursday Show with Adam Camillari, and so much more. That's FrontlineGaming.org. LVTT tickets are out now. It's happening in September, so go get your tickets. Let's, uh, let's all get in there. And do some team tournaments. It's like, it's, dude, team tournaments are so much fun. Um, but yeah, so that's coming up. And then also, SoCal, SoCal Open tickets are coming out on Saturday. So uh, the Saturday that this uh, this video comes out on, which is this week, boom, it's coming out. Man, I'm like so dazed and confused right now. I'm like, there's so much. You just put so much information in my head, and like now I I can't I can't function right now. Hey, I was just happy you said Chaos Space Marines and not Chaos Demons. I know, I know, I know, I know. And I'm ready to talk about Chaos Space Marines. And I'm sure that Steven (laughs) is also very, very excited to talk about Chaos Space Marines. So how about let's start off with like a very simple question. Um, What are your basically like, what are your first impressions of the book now that you've played with it more? And what's something that you like and dislike about it? Yeah, so uh, so I think that the book, in my first impression, is that it's not what I thought it was going to be. Um, and that's not a negative or a positive thing. It's just a completely objective thing. Um, I think the identity of what Chaos Space Marines were has greatly shifted. Um, the Chaos Space Marines you used to know um, were probably one of the most violent and damage-dealing uh, uh, factions in the game that's what you were used to you were having things dropping down getting all these pluses plus one to wound double shooting and just annihilating things um and you were a type of army um i think that's very very much shifted i think you can tell the identity um in in ninth edition with what chaos space marines is now is more of a durable army that's supposed to be able to make one moment at the right time hyper efficient and deliver it properly so it's been a different adjustment to what i'm what i've been used to and what we've all been used to um However, that's not a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. Um, I think that, you know, in this type of game, it rewards more choices on the battlefield, um, especially with kind of the theme and what, you know, Ninth Edition um, has become, whether it was Octarius, Nachman, or Nephilim and all that stuff. So I think that this falls right in line with that. I mean, I think since we've seen Death Guard, we've seen a great identity in all of the codexes as they come out. And this one follows suit, I think, because like, you know, Death Guard came out. It felt like you were fighting what Death Guard should be like. You know, a plotting army that you can't kind of stop, but they're super slow. And they have these contagions that when you're close, it just is crazy. And, you know, same thing all the way through, all the way to Eldar. And all of these armies just had a real identity on the table that was just like what they were supposed to be. I think Chaos is no less. Um, I think they fit. Um, They fit. There's some things that I think uh, have me a little bit perplexed, but I think they're things we can deal with. Okay. Well, how about, uh, tell, tell us, like, what are the things that make you a little bit confused? So uh, the biggest thing about it is, for me, I think that we lost uh, a lot of the things that loyalists do have um, in mobility for our HQ units. Um, We have a lot of great things in a lot of the HQ units we have, but Chaos actually only has access to one model that's like an infantry model with a jump pack, and it's a named character that's Legion locked. In addition to that, we have only one HQ choice now that moves 12 inches with fly which is very interesting because you used to be able to put a jump pack on a lot of things. Like uh, the loyalists can put a chaplain on a bike. You can be on a jetpack. You can have a librarian on a bike. You can have him in Phobos armor. You can have a captain on a bike. You can have a captain with a jetpack. You can have all of these flexible options. K 
Chaos simply doesn't have that. They're walking on foot if you're taking them. And they're going to take an expensive monster choice in what is the Demon Prince. So that's probably the biggest thing that has me a little bit confused, unless I see a reboot in Marines that follow something similar and they're trying to titrate what is out there when it comes to fast, mobile, um, killy characters. I can, mm-hmm. I can understand that if the game is trying to get to a different point and reward more strategy there. That was one of the things. The other big thing that I noticed um, on a negative standpoint that I didn't necessarily like so much is that the very the solid absence of shooting and the absence of a meaningful revamp on some of our better shooting units. So things like our Devastator equivalents, which is the Havocs, uh, remained absolutely the same. We just got a wound um, and can take a different mark. But I mean, we still have a D6 weapon with four shots, you know, so it's like, mm-hmm. dude, not reliable. Um, what we know and love in Obliterators that was really good, but the problem with Obliterators was you always could fall victim to the to the roll in the one on a D3, you know, whether yeah. it was AP or volume or whatever. And they put it right back in, because in your most meaningful shot volume, the one that's flat four and neg three, uh, it's D3 shots. So you can, once again, just roll the one and be like, oh, dude, come on, I paid 90 points for this, <laughs> mod, you know. Blast? No, it's not Blast, which is better because, I mean, there's an intent for that data sheet, as we'll talk about later, unless you guys want me to go into it now. But it, that seems to be like, they wanted it to be like a bowling ball type of unit, where you drop it in. You shoot the heck out of something, you charge something, you fight it and you fight it pretty well, and then you shoot it again and it was in combat, and then you walk forward and you fight the next thing. And they just want that unit to be uh, really hyper aggressive moving forward. Um, it kind of seems like what the play design is on it. So mm-hmm. that's the thing with those. Those are the things that I, I don't necessarily like. Um, some of the things I do like is there is a lot of individuality in your HQ choices. There's a lot of individuality in the relics and warlord traits and the combos that you can create a toolbox character to fulfill any role that you kind of need right now. And there are some standouts and some things that are are much less so, but I think that there's a lot of stuff that you can really fit and kit your characters out to do, which is really awesome. I really like that as um, I like that as well. Yeah, it's like a lot of a hero hammer that you can do with Chaos Space Marines right now, right? Does, does that does like the changes with Nephilim affect that at all? Like, uh, so does it make it harder? they do. Okay, they do. It um, well, it just becomes this thing, which is I think by design, where you, if you're going to go all in on relics and warlord traits in the beginning, that has to be a huge part of your battle plan. To where for me, I don't spend all of my relics and warlord trait CP pregame because I need some that are integral to my my initial game battle plan so it all depends and the cool thing about it is it will depend on which legion you roll with and what their identity is so for me i think that with those i think that that's really the the main thing about it um i think you can build an army that plays several different ways out of csm uh currently and i think that depending on what you want to do will really dictate that okay and you're oh go ahead scott go ahead so you brought up the legions which legion are you running or what do you think are the top couple legions and, and why Two vastly different questions, but I'll answer them both. Um, so for me, my favorite Legion has always been Alpha Legion. Um, I played them at the end of 8th, uh, and they're cool. I love what they do. I love the I love the narrative behind them. I love the paint scheme. And so I'm diehard Alpha Legion all the way through. Um, so I will play that, even if, even if it's a little suboptimal. Um, and that's what I have been playing, and, uh, and I've been liking it. I kind of like feeling like I'm the underdog sometimes. Um, so it's good. Uh, now, the next question. The next question is like the million-dollar question, I think, with this codex, because there's a lot of differing opinions from a lot of the high-level guys that I've played played with and I've talked to and I've heard um, or listened to in their own, uh, voicing their own opinions. Um, I think right now the consensus best ones are word bearers, 
followed by Emperor's Children, followed by Black Legion. Those are the three that you'll hear towards the top of discussion from most of the mm-hmm. the most credible um, content creators and players out there uh, for several reasons. Um, but I don't necessarily think I share the same opinion with them. And uh, we can get into why when we start going through everything. But I think that this book and this edition is catching us by storm. And luckily, I'm in an environment where we can play lots of games mm-hmm. over and over um, over the course of these several weeks, we've been grinding a ton of games out. And uh, what people are kind of, I, I find that a lot of people I feel like are talking about this books, this book in the context of a lot of principles that are very integral to Nackmund and the older chapter approved, but they're not necessarily as efficient in what Nephilim brings to the changes, as well as on the heels of that brand new data slate, because a lot of stuff got mellowed out. So I think that where the game is at, you're going to find that some of the stuff that I think is being set out there is accurate but slightly off target if that makes sense uh so there are some strengths to what's being said but it's all in a vacuum and i don't necessarily think that i entirely agree with it um the other thing that's kind of funny is i feel like a lot of people have really grazed over this book and uh, have not read it in depth all the way because there's some little hidden gems and stuff in there that i notice a lot of people miss uh that are both good things and bad things that can be either uh strengths or infractions if you will mm-hmm. so i think that those things are are important too it's funny and and it's going to be important for all of us to kind of um brush up on a little bit of the rules and the changes to the codex uh, cast space marines because some people will read older spells a good example is like diabolic strength people take diabolic strength in a list and they'll want to use it on their demon prince because that's the way it used to be but that spell changed in just one word the only difference is it's infantry only now so whereas before where you could cast it on a demon prince you could beef up anything realistically uh, now it's only an infantry model, too. The other thing is it's model only, not a unit. So you'll, you'll find that some people will make the mistake of just grazing over the spell and thinking that they can buff up the unit with the plus two attacks and plus two strength and whatnot, but it's really just a single model and it has to be infantry. Yeah. So um, those, those are little types of small nuanced things that people will graze over and miss that I've kind of noticed so far. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's it's when when I was like looking through it, um, you were talking about like word bearers, and it's actually it's pretty powerful that like just your faction bonus is just that you get to reroll your hit rolls whenever you make a charge. Like that's pretty nuts that you have that. Like that's that's kind of crazy yeah. as just an all around thing, and then you have like a two CP strat to reroll your wound roll. Like that's nuts. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's yeah. super good. Yeah. Um, it's very good. It's very good. The thing is, that's one of the things that I talk about that I think is very, very good, but mm-hmm. it's in a vacuum. Because yeah. if you look at where we're at in the game now, um, me specifically, if you think about the prevalence of Chaos Space Marines, you think about the prevalence of uh, Harlequins were the last big push and winning some events. Scott, you and I were at an event that Harlequins won, right? There's a lot of trans hitmen, no rerolls out there. Yeah. There's a lot of things of the sort, and especially with Chaos coming out with the Apostle, that's even more relevant. So this Legion trade is going to fall dead on a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. you know? So let's talk about, you want to, you want to get into some Legion traits? Yeah. Yeah. But bef- yeah. Uh, before we do that though, um, can, can we uh, briefly <clears throat> talk? Because like we're talking about Nephilim and stuff and the biggest thing about Nephilim sure. are actually like the secondaries that you have available to you and every Boom, single, nailed it. yeah. And every single Legion has like a specific secondary that they can take for themselves. Um, which secondary do you think is like the strongest for like the specific Legion ones? And how are the secondaries for Chaos Space Marines just in general? Generally, they're bad. Okay. Um, generally, because there's like one or two stipulations or criteria that's missed that make it fall just short of the mark of being practical to score. Um, okay. When yeah. you take as a competitive player, when you take a secondary, it has to be something that is going to be reliable and predictable. It's those two things are what we look for because you need to be able to make a projection 
of your score throughout the game towards the end in order to achieve your path to victory. What you don't want is RNG or variables that make unpredictable scoring where you catch that zero. A lot of, unfortunately, a lot of the Chaos Space Marine faction and Legion specific secondaries fall into that category. Like, for instance, I'll talk about the one I know the most, which is uh, Alpha Legions, right? Um, And a lot of them are like this. It's a pseudo teleport homers one. So what, what it says is an infantry unit can start the action at the end of the movement phase so long as it's wholly within six inches of the enemy's deployment zone. So you don't have to be in, just within six. It can be in or out. Um, it's, but it starts, it completes at the next of, next command phase, which automatically means this needs to be worth a lot of points, and it also needs to give me some sort of value that makes this reasonable to take to score above a 10. 10. If you complete it at the, at the end of your next command phase, if you're outside of their deployment zone, um, you gain three points. If you're wholly within their deployment zone, you'll gain four points. To me, this is very similar to teleport homers. Um, it's just very, a lot more, you got to be a little bit deeper in their zone. Yeah. Now, there's a cool thing that, that's flavorful about it, which they did really great on all of these secondaries to where if I am meeting those, the criteria I just mentioned, but I'm also within three inches of one of their objectives, if it's anything but a cultist on a three up, if it's a cultist on a five up, then if, it, if it's successful on that roll when the action completes, they simply cannot control that action, nor can they conduct actions on that objective ever again. So the objective there could just never be scored. Would be good, I think, and would be a gamble, but still something that you would see taken if it could be scored either at the start of the next battle or the start of your next command phase or the end of the game. Now, it doesn't do that. It just scores at the start of the next command phase. So realistically, what you have to think is you're going to have to be able to do this from turn two all the way to turn. And you're, you're going to miss turn one and turn five because you can't complete it at the end of the game. And realistically, you're not in your opponent's deployment zone turn one. Mm-hmm. So you have three turns to get that. And if you don't get it all the way in their deployment zone, that's a 12 maximum, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so so oh, it just makes it one of those things where it's like, okay, realistically, I'm probably going to catch a six on this and I'm never yeah. going to take it, yeah. you know, but if I, if I could score it at the end of the game as well, then you're looking at a nine to a 12 reliably. And maybe I take this sometimes, you know, and it goes to the same things with a lot of them, like black legions, you can start it and you can do it. It's really cool. There's some actions on the center of the objective, which is um, end of the movement phase to the command phase again, but the criteria is no enemy units can be on it. So like how, that sounds terrible (laughs) yeah it's just these things that can just massively give your opponent way too much agency Mm -hmm. into what you're trying to do and with that it just makes a lot of them uh not viable that being said the positive thing um is that a couple legions did get very good ones uh well one particularly i think uh two of them Word bears is really good because it synergizes with what the army right now already wants to do. It's uh, a word bears unit does the action on the uh within six inches of the center of the board um, I believe if you have OPSEC, it completes at the end. And it, it's almost like a non-psychic warp ritual. Mm-hmm. You just do that several turns, and uh, you can get up to, I believe, a 14 on it. Um, don't don't quote me on it. We can pull it up if we need to. That one's very doable because most of the time, Chaos wants to dominate the midboard pretty well with their units, and that's what they're trying to do. So that one synergizes with the game plan and works out really well. You'll see a lot of word bearers players playing for that secondary objective. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one that's good because, once again, we're talking about synergy, is the... Um, the bile uh it um creations of bile yeah 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 so they have a pretty good um legion trait and it pretty much they fight on death it rewards them to be pretty uh pretty aggressive with their melee 
And then theirs, it's called special specimens for the spider. Um, I, it rewards you victory points based on conditions for killing. You gain an extra point if you kill Marines. Um, so it's pretty good. It, it rewards you for wanting to be in there doing what you're already doing, getting in there and killing stuff in melee. So you just racking up points for that. And the other good thing about that one is it's in the purge category, uh, which frees up some of the, the usual suspects, which you can yeah. also reliably take without sacrificing, taking your R&D or your engage. You know, you can take that one in addition. Yeah. Do you, do you think that specimens for a spider is not as good though? Because I'm reading out here saying that they have to be destroyed by a melee attack. Is that is, right? Is that so not, not great for the army compared to like shooting or what's what? Like, what's your thoughts on that? On paper, yes, Scott. But uh, so let's talk about it too as well. Um, so each legion kind of has a certain identity of what it does well. Creations of bile play similar to what you saw on Dark Harlequins, where you can kind of emphasize into this kind of trade game. And what happens is you get a lot of value with Creations of Bile because their Legion trait, I believe, gives you plus one movement, plus one strength. And then the other half of it is you fight on death. So you just want to launch yourself in lot. there. It's good. It's really good. So you, I mean, you're thinking you're taking MSU units of these really efficient data sheets like Possessed. They're, it's a strength five, five attack, neg two, flat two damage model. Just slingshot it in there and get them, you know, get those units killing stuff and then they're going to get double the value on it and you're going to be scoring victory points the more stuff you kill so it, it's a build i mean you build for it i mean uh, it's not it probably doesn't work well if you're taking these big bomb units you know or these units you want to hyper buff and stick around but if you're playing into what plays to the strengths of creations of bio with that and their stratagems and whatnot that's a really good secondary to play into yeah it makes gotcha. complete sense what what secondaries <laughs> are you like currently running right now are, are you taking like the long war or and because nope. you're playing alpha legion right I play Alpha Legion. Okay. I play all vanilla secondaries every oh, time. Okay. Um, my list is built to score primarily behind enemy lines, uh, raise the banners high, and then my last one is typically flexible. Um, it'll be mission and player dependent. So if I'm mm -hmm. playing, um, if I'm playing against like Tau, for instance, I know I'll be able to complete Ritual, so I'll take Ritual. Um, if I'm playing against something that's going to be character heavy, maybe the mirror or whatnot, then I can play for something like Assassinate or something like that, where I know I'm going to. Um, trade or whatever if i'm playing into an army where i know they're going to be like eldar i can take grind pretty well because chaos chaos space rings like i said the identity has shifted they're very durable so my third one is always matchup dependent um but it all i always have one that is a, a, a standout pick i haven't had a game where i'm like what do i pick like we used to see back in the day yeah um there's my list is built to have that third option it's a flex option that will optimize against my opponent and based on my mission how come um how come you don't value uh um the long war uh for that secondary you want to know why yeah because there's a lot of good players out here and what a lot of good players out here realize with nephilim is stranglehold isn't there anymore so, oh, so the long they're war not is even good. going on the objectives any or okay i see what's going on that makes see, sense so what happens is you think it's good you're like you know in the old once again this is a lot of the things that i think fall victim to uh, a little bit of the old knackman bad habits that aren't there anymore and you got to kind of change your, your thought processes uh i played one of our higher level eldar guys over here when i was starting to to invent and create this list into the the version that i have now and when you don't have stranglehold and, and you know you're Eldar, you're probably gonna gonna have a stronger late game than an early game. Why do you need to touch the midfield objectives? Yeah. So he would play his whole game and deliberately consolidate off of the midfield objectives or not touch them. And I'm sitting there like, unless I'm attacking your home field objective with a marine equivalent army, I'm not scoring it because you're not letting me. So that can mm -hmm. once again, the issue with the long war now is it's great on paper in the old stranglehold days. That was an amazing secondary because you had to be out there scoring. But now a, a, 
a high level opponent is just not going to give you those opportunities. And once again, you, what you don't ever want to do in your secondary choices is give your opponent the agency to deny you um, or give them any sort of dictation in you scoring your points. And in the long war, a lot of the games are realistically, they're going to do that. Gotcha. Um, and, and so that's why I have, uh, I started taking the long war and I quickly stopped after that game because I realized what could happen and what will happen at the top echelon of a tournament. Um, once you're there, you know, and, and I run into somebody's Eldar that knows what they're doing. They're like, sick, you took long war. I'm just going to score eights in my backfield yeah. <laughs> until I've killed everything I need to kill. And then I'll score my, the rest of my primary, you know, yeah. and enjoy your zero on long war. Okay. All right. And what, what, um, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Scott. I was saying it makes sense. It's, I mean, that's a, that's a good play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now you were saying that you play, uh, you're playing alpha legion. What, what gravitated you towards alpha legion instead of all the other ones? Truthfully uh, habit. Um, yeah. habit. Uh, okay. I, so the w- one good thing that's important about this, uh, codex with most of the legions is most of the stratagems only varied a little bit. There wasn't a lot of deviation in the stratagem sets from what the legions were doing. We got better warlord traits, better relics, um, and, and, you know, a better book around it. But most of the identity and how the stuff played is fine. And those, I know those um, stratagem sets and most of the warlord traits like the back of my hand. Um, and I was able to take them to a decent success a long time ago when we were still on, like, barely viable around, you know, uh, based mm-hmm. on a lot of the things that, um, that Alpha Legion does well. And I think universally, a lot of your really credible sources and people that are winning tournaments and stuff like that um, are saying that Alpha Legion is bad, if not one of the worst. And uh, once again, I think if you're talking about a kill-based game and you're talking about a setup where uh, we're looking at what kind of more of Nephilim was and what the meta was looking like then, um, I could see that. But I think right now in in um, Nephilim rather than Nachman is that mobility is king more than ever. Um, right now, I think that the game is getting, we've seen it get toned down on killing to a degree. And a lot of the stuff that they don't want you to do, these alpha strike builds, these crazy run out and smash everything builds aren't working. Um, what they're incentivizing is choices on the tabletop. And my favorite thing about Alpha Legion has always been being able to deploy optimally and have the most ability to re reposition mid game than any other chaos legion and that's what that's the way that i play that's what i like so it's kind of funny my chaos army doesn't play to really kill you at all i'm just i'm shifting i'm moving i'm scoring and i'm stopping your plan for doing the same um so there's a lot of tools in the box of alpha legion that i like personally and i think i i play them uh, they fit my style and style identity and understanding yourself as a player is very important in how you succeed because uh, you know, Matt, no matter how many times Scott wins SoCal Open with Chaos Demons, if you gave me the same list, I won't win with it. It's mm-hmm. not my style. You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. his style. Scott knows how to play that. He knows how to make the right de- decisions and, and um, identify the right scenarios when he's in the mix. And that's how I feel with that specific Legion because of my um, just previous experience and how I know the army. Yeah. And being able to like what what, what uh, I'm looking at their traits right now, one of it is uh, being able to fall back and charge and also being able to fall back and do an action. That sounds pretty good for for it's really right good. Now. Yeah. A lot of what happens with Alpha Legion is a lot of things that people didn't plan for. It's kind of funny, man. It's like the, it's always it's always like this Kansas City shuffle kind of game where, you know, my opponent's looking left and I, I go right. Um, and it's kind of the way it always works. So, I mean, my list is kind of crafted to do specifically a very solid, like three-step plan to what I'm trying to do. But a, a good example of some of the things that, that fit what I'm doing is like I had, a, I was playing a Tau game and I was just trying to win on primary and score 
put him to fours, if I could, as many times as possible, and hold eights or twelves. And there came a point in the game where he deep struck in a plane, and, and I knew what he was going to do with the plane. I, I knew he was going to drop in. It's the Sun Shark, so it has a lot of volume. And he had, and I, and I, I saw the, the most optimal spot for him to put it in, which was going to be to clear the cultists off my backfield. Mm-hmm. He had the pocket, so he put it in there, but Alpha Legion has a stratagem called Conceal, which if you're not the closest unit, you you effectively at the start of their shooting phase i pick a unit and i conceal that unit if they're not the closest or you're not within 12 inches then you can't fire at them so he drops this this unit in and his shooting phase starts and i said okay boom i'm going to conceal my backfield holders and he was like he just looked at me like you son of (laughs) and all he could shoot at was my unkillable terminator brick and that play didn't work and he, he just gave me his plane yeah. It, it's little things like that where knowing the timing on stuff and what you set up for and kind of how you play gotcha. um, is what makes me like that. And I think that with Alpha Legion, there's a lot of little things that can just really cripple your opponent's game plan. Um, and that's that's worked. I mean, um, yeah. so, I'm curious to see how, how it continues to go, but I've had pretty good success with it. So, so with Alpha Legion, oh, sorry, I was going to ask for the stratagems. So looking at the stratagems right here, um, looks like most of your stratagems are one CP. There's a couple for you know, like three of them for two CP, does that tend to help you all as, as well? Uh, yeah. Um, so a lot of the better ones. Uh, so with Alpha Legion, some of their stuff got switched to some less, way less optimal stuff. So when you look at the Alpha Legion spreadsheet of, or the page of their stratagems, I'm only looking at about three, maybe four of them. Um, the good one CP ones that matter the most to me, um, I'll go in reverse order from least valuable to most valuable. The least valuable is that we're one of the few that can just fall back and shoot with a unit. 1 CP, fall back and shoot. And I can already charge. So 1 CP, I fall back, shoot, and charge. And, or action. So That's really you're good. never locking. That's you're, really I'm never good. pinned. Yeah, yeah. I'm never pinned, dude. And if like you, you're trying to protect something, sorry, bro, not protected. Um, the next one that's the most important to me, and, and this is the other 1 CP one that's really, really solid, is the uh, 1 CP pregame move. Um, I think that right now, in the way that Nephilim is, is this, it, when you're playing a slower, more durable army, one of the big keys to success is establishing your footprint in the midboard to be able mm-hmm. to defend your position and hold your primary points. Because you, if if you can get a, a hold on that center objective and triangulate with another one in your backfield and get a solid hold there, massively important. Um, and it's very difficult to remove you, but a lot of players will see that and be able to stop you from being able to do that, um, whether it's with move blocks or or whatever. Um, I think that that's one thing I've always found powerful. I actively build my CP one CP or my list with one available pregame CP specifically for that stratagem because it builds into mine. Mm-hmm. But would you that's would you use that forward operative one, right? What's that? That's the forward operatives uh, stratagem. Forward operative operatives one CP. Uh, use it in the resolve pre battles uh, portion of the game, and uh, you select one infantry unit. They can make a normal move of up to nine inches. Ooh, up bad. to nine. That's pretty good. But would you would you use that stratagem if you're fighting up against uh something like Necrons at all? Because uh, Necrons yeah. have like their forward move and everything like that. Do you want to challenge them at that midboard? Uh, absolutely, I do. I played uh, I played against uh I, I you guys probably know Joel Wilson. He's a very mm-hmm. established player. He's he's on his Necrons right now, and uh, I used it against him, and it was uh to great to great success. Okay, but once again. Um, I use that with a unit of Raptors to cover essentially 21 inches before the game starts. Um, and there's a reason I do it. It fits into part of my game plan for what I'm trying to do. Literally, my game, my game plan for what I'm for how my army scores uh, reliably. I'm, I'm somewhere between like a 65 and a 70, just 
straightforward if I just do these one, two, three steps, and then the rest of it is just trying to stop my opponent from scoring where I can on sm- in small amounts and accrue whatever my flex secondary is. So that's kind of how my game works. So the, you were talking- the interesting. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Scott. I was say the interesting thing I'm noticing about that stratagem too, reading it, is it doesn't say you have to end outside of nine of their deployment zone. You just have to end outside nine of their models, so you can move like your full movement up. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, well, with nine inches, I, the most of the time you won't get there. But on like a, on a circular one, you can actually get there because I think you have a sixteen inch corner to corner spread. So with that nine inch move, you'll be within seven, which is very good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with Alpha Legion and the way that I kind of play, um, you know, the one thing that I use the pregame for is more so than like getting a bead is to establish an area of the board that I want control of. So those Raptors have a 21-inch influence, with, it, and I bring a big unit with them. Um, I can give them some early game buffs to increase their durability, um, and they'll go out and set somewhere that I, I want my opponent to not necessarily be incentivized to go, where if nothing was there, they might be able to come out and establish more of a board control stance, and this way you can't. Um, and what that does is with my repositioning, will quickly allow me to do that and put my opponent on the back foot in that position. Um, so that's that's one of the one of the things that I think is very like I said I, that's a build into my list for me. Now, um, I don't always use it, but sometimes. But I, like so, there's a lot of go second secondaries where or uh, situations where I don't necessarily need to use it, mm-hmm. or if I'm also fighting another slower army, I don't necessarily need to use it, which is fine because then it sets me up for some better uh, 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 to have a little more CP in the bank than a lot of other armies. Yeah. Now. Uh, we we keep talking about your list. Um, how about mm-hmm. we just go ahead and just like rip the bandaid off? Do you want to go over exactly what you're running with your list before we keep going? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. my list. Uh, obviously, I'm not necessarily saying this is like the bee's knees or anything, but it's been mm-hmm. working for me. Um, I've been able to go, you know, eight games straight with an RTT in there, and uh, uh, haven't dropped one with this iteration. But I'm still trying to shove it into a lot harder stuff and kind of see what's going on his own supreme command detachment um i think that he's really good and he's one of the few things that you have that can reliably kill things he also gives you a decent build in when you fight some stuff that's off the wall but you'll see it every now and again like knights or like buggy orcs or whatever in um rise to glory secondary he opens up that for you really well wait i'm sorry who, um, who opens that for you abaddon oh abaddon okay all right the so, man himself yeah, yeah so i bring abaddon okay. um that, okay. that's he's in a supreme command well um Let's just get him out of the way. Um, mm. He's really good. He kills anything, and he's really hard to remove. He's a screenable wound cap, which is just ridiculous. Um, and then I take an Alpha Legion Battalion. And the Alpha Legion Battalion, um, I'll tell you what's in it, and then I'll tell you how what I built it to do, and, and it does it pretty well. So I have a Demon Prince. Um, I don't love the Demon Prince, but he's the only thing that kind of accomplishes what I want him to accomplish. I, bring, I give him the Clandestine Warlord trait, which is an Alpha Legion Warlord trait that says he is trans hitman with no rerolls. And he, if he's receiving the benefits of cover, then he gets plus one to his saving throw, which works really well with Armor of Contempt. Um, he's a linebacker. Um, I mark him Nurgle. I mark him Nurgle specifically because Grandfather's Blessing is the new stratagem that works with the, uh, the Nurgle mark, which gives you transhuman for one CP. So effectively, if I set this guy up the way I, I like to with player-optimized terrain, which is something that will always happen, he kind of haunts a forest that's in between the center objective, but a little bit closer to my peripheral objective. And he's always going to be a two up, four up at range, trans hitman, no rerolls to hit, four up, a transhuman to wound, uh, two up, four up with AOC. He's just a troll. And Legion, in, in the Legion trade outside of 12, he's minus one already. So for the stuff that hits on fours and nat- natively, like Tau, you've got to overcome a net minus two. 
to hit him. So a marker light doesn't matter anyway. So you're hitting me on fives, transhuman, into a two-up AOC. It just doesn't really work that well. And what he does over there is he sits there with another uh, another small investment unit to hold that sideboard. But like they're standing there like, I'm holding this objective, but do you want to fight the guy behind me to kind of hold on to it? Because he can heroic on the on the objective and whatnot. So yeah. he'll hold a sideboard early game, and then he'll, he'll kind of move out like a queen, uh, speaking about chest in the later mm-hmm. game, if he makes it that far. He also is a caster. He can cast one. Um, so if in games where I don't really have a lot of threat from shooting, he can really flex in and do something like Ritual or Entero really easily. Um, and then once again, also, if I take something like, if I, you know, the opponent gives me you know, um, Rise to Glory, um, which is the kill vehicles, monsters, or other characters and get CP mm-hmm. and victory points, this dude goes out and, and does the warps work, you know, and he makes that happen. So what, what I find him for is he is a Swiss army knife that can kind of fill a lot of different roles with some decent mobility um, that I just kind of haven't found a substitute for. So he works yeah. well. Then I bring the two auto to two other auto includes. I bring the master possession with the Libra Hereticus. What that does is let you cast another and um, it gives an additional uh, additional six inches to all of the effects of your spells. So what it, what it does effectively for me is make my spells 24 inches instead of 18. And he casts three, which is huge because his three spells are super important. Um, I also give him my redeploy warlord trait. So he, if he's on the table, he lets me redeploy three at the beginning, which is very important to what my list does. Um, this guy's main role is to cast five up, feel no pain on a slanesh unit, which will either be my raptors or my big terminator brick, which we'll get to in a minute. He also can heal one core, uh, one legion core or demonkin unit and res one, which is very important to what I'm trying to do. And the last spell that he takes is giving plus one toughness to a core or demonkin unit, which is my whole army. Um, so he's a very big uh, durability increase to my army and what yeah. it does. That sounds like your linchpin um, unit almost. Like he just kind of makes. It he's one of two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's All one right. of two. Well, my my list has a few moving parts, but that that in any chaos list is a massive proponent of your list you'll see him kitted out out mostly the same time the same way no matter what legion you're pulling Mm -hmm. lastly is the dark apostle the dark apostle brings illusory supplication um and illusory supplication is the um, he also has the advance and charge a benediction um but the illusory supplication is a big one because you take you pick one core or character within six inches of him and if if the prayer goes off which is on a two up so long as he's got his little guys that unit's trans hitman with no rerolls which is massive um like I said, good luck being a word bearer. So, uh, and then he takes a warlord trait, which is also very, very important to my list. It's uh, what I think is also part of a build around into what makes Alpha Legion kind of an underdog, but very good. Um, and we'll talk about Legion choice later, a little in a little bit. But it gives a unit in the command phase. Um, I can select a unit and get a core unit or a character and give them obsec, and they can also do an action and shoot, which is massive mm-hmm. um, for any sort of establishing board control. And I believe you can do that in sequence. You can you can do that and then score your points because you score, I believe, at the end of your command phase. Yeah. So I think you can yeah. do that, or or you pick the order if it's at the beginning for whoever's player's turn it is. Yeah. So you can obsec something, take your objective, hold on to it, or do that, raise a banner, shoot something. Still, it's just very important for chaos who has a lot of who has less units than they used to that need to f- to do a lot of things for you. Um, those are my characters. Those are the only ones. Um, and. The two infantry characters tend to stay in the middle of a big Terminator brick. So we'll move to my, my troops. is just three units of cultist mobs, bare bones. The troop tacks, they're great. They're obsec. Um, I keep two on the board, and I put one up in the air with my redeploy every time. Um, what that does is allow me to score uh, R&D if I take it. It allows me to score behind enemy lines in the late game, turn three and on if I take it, um, or engage points later on. It plays into what my list is already trying to do. 
Um, moving to elites, I take the 10 man Terminator block. Um, I just, I, t I had a bunch of shooting stuff in it, but I found that it, like at the end of the day, you're still shooting bolters and flamers and it was just not mm -hmm. that good. And your, your melters have 10 inch range. This, this, the role behind this unit is to just is go to the middle and hold it down and survive and hold the middle point. Mm -hmm. So I, I decided I would just give them three power fists and a chain fist in the squad to give them some multi-damage or something if I get hit by a knight. And then they have the six accursed weapons in there. So they're like power swords that are mixed with a chain. I bring a unit of five possessed. The, the possessed are... They're, they're a fast-moving unit that's three wounds, armor of contempt at T5. They're pretty good. So they go off with the Demon Prince to kind of hold down that sideboard. With, like I said, with the Demon Prince moving 12 and those guys getting within three with their nine-inch movement, they provide lookout, sir, for the Demon Prince. They can all kind of get to that dense, and the, the Possessed will be behind it. He's fly, so he ignores it. And what it, what it ends up doing is give me a pretty decent little early game hold that's really difficult to shoot off the board. You have to come fight me off it, and that's where I want you. Um, I bring a five-man, uh, and the big Terminator brick is marked Slanesh, obviously, because they're going to be getting the mm -hmm. feel-no-pain um, and just maximum durability on the unit. And then I bring a... Um, a five-man unit of Nurgle-marked Terminators for the same thing, and they always warp strike in. Um, and they're going to be scoring me engage points as well. They're also going to be going for behind enemy lines. They fill a little bit different of a role, which we'll get to a little bit later. Um, and yeah, so so I like them. They're a five-man Terminator unit. Two is always great. If you can drop them in some ruins, it's even better. And then they have access to one CP transhuman on a Terminator unit, which is really good. Um, then in my fast attack, my fast attack's all full up. One of the big winners in the Chaos uh, Space Marines book is the, their bikes. Uh, the bikes are really good. They're really fast. Um, and they're just at that T5 AOC three wound threshold. That's really annoying to, to efficiently yeah, kill. Yeah. And if you mark them Zinch, what ends up happening is they, ha they innately have the Helix Gauntlet. If you're not uh, familiar with what that does, they, it zeroes out the first failed save of damage. So a lot of times they're, they're really on the peripheral parts of the board where the only thing that can get to them are the things with a little bit more range of 36-inch guns or 48-inch guns, which are autocannons, last cannons, meaningful weapons. And when you're shooting good weapons into a T5 platform that zeroes out the first one, it just gets really trolly. And they just drive, they ride around. They're my all-stars. They move block. They do a lot of uh, annoying things. They're really good because I put, I put, uh, I give them the icon, I give them the mark for the additional AP to their range. And with the Let the Galaxy Burn rules, they have the plus two to their flamers. So you can put up the two flamers in a little three-man unit. And it doesn't replace your combi bolter on your bike. So what ends up happening is you have 12 bolter shots out of the unit and then 2d6 plus two flamer shots from a little three-man unit. Oh, it's amazing. That's awesome. So they, that's so good. And they're neg, <laughs> they're neg one. So yeah, you, so for people like uh, Eldar that put some rangers off on a side field objective or crew that crews up to an objective, um, anything like that, uh, you can roll up there and just roast them. And then be touching it. And they're core. Mm -hmm. So if I needed to, in, a, in a, a turn where I don't need to refute the middle or I'm not going to be challenged in the center, you can obsec those guys. <laughs> so you obsec them. They zip over, yeah. burn, whatever off. And now it's like, I got three dudes on here and you don't, you know, or I have obsec, you don't. So it's yeah. just a really good flex piece. So you're using them more um, like a scalpel almost, right? In your games, like trying to find like the weak area and just like exploit that. Yeah. yeah and okay. well, dude, they're actually not even like really... They can shoot some light stuff off the table, but they're not really a kill piece. Um, mm. They're super good for just a fast-moving unit that can just play whatever part of the game I need them to. If it's knights, they'll drive up and make a little line and roadblock you, and you'll bottleneck in. Um, if it's you know um, a unit like Custodians, where I tend to have more mobility, then they'll be really easy to just drive up behind a crate in their deployment zone or their territory and score me engage with very little effort. 
um, things like that, you know, especially on the quarter deployments. So it's just a really good unit that fits into a secondary game plan is what I really think about. Um, they keep you out of the middle because that's until I set up or they'll score me secondary on, on the sideboard in an aggressive position. Um, that's their real role. And then they can scorch forward to play stuff. They can, they can kill chaff really easily. Um, it's just a really good flex unit. Okay. Um, and then, and then I have a unit of 10. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. The 10. Yeah. The 10 man Raptors uh, are, it's like a nine man. Now uh, it's a nine man Raptors with two flamers as well for two D six. And they're marked Sinesh. Um, these guys are, they're super purpose built. Um, they're who gets my pregame move. They can advance and charge um, because of the litany from the chaplain, or I can give them trans hitmen. And what and they fit into the kind of the game plan of my list. And I'll tell you what that is once I just finish up. Actually, I think that is the last unit. Mm-hmm. So going through the units of the list, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to score engage. I'm trying to triangulate the middle and hold and get eights to twelves on primary, regardless. Which with the big chaos terminator brick with all of the buffs on it, I haven't seen anything that can kill that yet. It's ridiculously difficult to kill. I got hit by six Scorpex, um, the Silent King, and Illuminar Zeris, and like, yeah. dude, I lost like three how, dudes. How, how, so, how, how tough can you make them? Because like, I keep hearing about like the Terminator bricks for Chaos Space Marines, mm-hmm. and I just don't know exactly like how. So here's what it is. Are. Yeah. <laughs> so here's what here's what everything that stacks onto them. It's a t- it's a Terminator. So it's T four, yeah. two up, five up, um, with three wounds. With ar- with um, armor contempt also, right? With armor of contempt, okay. right, which is perfect. So then, what you end up doing is there's a there's a stratagem in the chaos book, which just like black templars or anything similar, lets you give a relic to a sergeant um, in in or any unit that has a champion in it. So with the terminators, the one of the big standout relic that people are taking on units units is a relic called the Black Rune of Damnation. Um, what it is is it's a it's a, a relic you give to a sergeant that gives the entire unit he's part of minus one to wound innately. And if anybody casts any spells within 18 inches of him, uh, any roll of a doubles is a perils. So oh, okay. minus one to wound on any unit. Huge. That's already that's, amazing. That's really strong, um, yeah. Then what you do is you layer on a bunch of buffs that are as follows. You make that unit trans hitman, no rerolls from the priest litany. Then after that, the master of possession goes on there. And you hit him with the, you hit him with the five up feel no pain. And then they also get the plus one toughness from mutated invigoration. So now you're looking at a T5 Armor of Contempt unit that's trans hitman, no rerolls, minus one to wound, armor of contempt, five up feel no pain. Oh man. Um, I think the the math on that unit is something absurd. It think it takes like it was some absurd it's like ninety-six plasma gun shots to kill two dudes. (laughs) It's absurd. So So the big thing about that is that is what goes on your center objective and holds it because nobody will kill it. If they're trying to kill it, life is great. Um that's what you want. So you go into there, and some stuff can do a dang good job of it. And then, I mean, also dice are involved, but most of the time you're losing a guy or two. And then you have the res spell, so you heal any remaining wounds in your next psychic phase and bring one of the dudes that you worked so hard oh, to kill back. Good. Dude, this um, sounds like a juiced that. up Dark Angels. Like it's just that sounds ridiculous. Dude, it's more <laughs> it's more durable than Deathwing. It yeah. is. Um, it is. The difference is, it's not all of my Terminators. It's just one unit, but mm-hmm. still. Um, so, so the way the well. Uh, I haven't found anything that, that really cruises through that at all. Rerolling wounds helps, mm. but it depends on what you're hitting it with because you got to think at T5, yeah. uh, unless you're hitting it with strength six or higher, you're wounding me on fives and sixes. You know, so it's like, yeah. and if you're most of the time, strength six, seven, and eight stuff is not volume stuff. So, yeah. you know, things like that. And it's like, and it's, you know, 
the other thing about it too is it's like okay some of that stuff can do well but your volume is not super crazy so you're still killing one or two two guys you know if i'm terrible maybe three i bring one back but what do you lose in return mm-hmm. yeah and my guys keep back. coming back yeah. right and yours don't so you win the grind there okay which is very important which tends to lead to one to two turns of a guaranteed 12 um that's my list. Um, I'll talk in a nutshell about it real quick because I, I don't think we need to make this necessarily all about my list, but this mm-hmm. is the way that I pulled in a successful list. And then we'll talk about how this translates to other legions and kind of what the things that I find. That, uh, there's three different criteria that I find across the different legions that makes them better or worse at, in my mind, and I'll explain why. Mm-hmm. So with my list, it's simple. Uh, my list banks on three things. The first is the pregame. This is step one to what my list does. We know I'm trying to establish the center with the Terminators. We know I have a, a, a redeploy of three, which makes me have an optimal deployment. I can also put something up in the air and not spend any more CP. Typically, what I'm looking to do here is kind of do a little bit of baiting deployment and find the one position that my opponent puts something on the line. I don't really care what it is. Then I'll do my redeploy, and I'll tend to put my Raptors. If I go first, I'll put my Raptors right on the line. If I don't go first, I can put them back, and they can maybe go off and hold a different objective, or they'll pregame move potentially to a more advanced but still defensive position to hold up board real estate. But the point of my Raptors with the pregame move and the, um, and the redeploy, what I want to do is I'm scoring, remember, I'm scoring behind enemy lines or engage. So what I'm trying to do is deliver a unit or two that will get into that area. And theoretically, you're going to have to put way too much effort to get them out of your deployment zone. And I'm just going to score force on behind enemy lines is what I'm trying to do. And the way I've done it is this. So I'll pregame move those Raptors and then I'll move them and they'll get up there and they'll charge something. And what I'm not necessarily trying to do, my opponent is typically worried about my kill power and whatnot. And it's like, dude, the Raptors, I've got chainsaws and some flamers. It's not that crazy, but all they're trying to do is create a big footprint and almost like a wall that stops my opponent from moving out of their deployment zone because I want to be in it. So I want to stop them. And and what they're doing is kind of being a holder of a spot in the table to where my next turn, Abaddon can drop in with the Terminators and I get three to four shots at that eight-inch charge at a deep strike to get in there and just continue messing stuff up. So on my opponent's first turn, ideally what happens is those Raptors move forward and block some of their deployment zone. This is going to allow me on my follow-up turn to deliver Abaddon and five Nurgle Terminators, and keep in mind there's cultists in the air, to in order to initially start scoring me either engage, which I'm looking for the three if possible, if it's if it's there, or I'm looking for behind enemy lines, if it's like a Hammer, Anvil, or a Dawn of War. It is really easy to do it when you do this, because nobody tends to be able to stop it. So they'll move up forward, and I don't care if my opponent kills the Raptors or not, but it, more or less what they do is they with the, the buffs I put on them, because my Terminators don't need it, they spend most if not all of their army trying to remove the big raptor blob which means the rest of my army was able to take position in the mid table remember on that side objective i like and the mid board Mm -hmm. and all my buffs are off now so now i've triangulated my three objectives i've blocked you from being in the space that i want to get my secondaries and the follow-up turn i'll drop five terminators in a ruin right there with abaddon as well and abaddon has the aura of plus one to charge Abaddon's a screenable wound cap, so you have to kill five Nurgle-marked transhuman Terminators with Armor of Contempt before you can get to him. You have to kill three of them. Um, also, I have Cultist Spectre if I need, and the Raptors are still alive. So what Jeez. happens is, this is so you much. have to chew through <laughs> so much dumb stuff that doesn't seem like a lot by itself, but once it's all in your face like that, now I'm there, and I'm in a position where I'm scoring 12 points on primary, and I'm scoring 4 points on behind enemy lines every turn. Also, 
as I move forward, I can raise banners uncontested on all three of these objectives because I have a demon prince, five possessed, and three bikes on one. I have five terminators or, or ten terminators you're never going to kill in the middle. And my backfield, which is linebacked by all of these units in, in kind of a yeah. diagonal line or whatever line. So I'm going to, that already lets me set up three banners, score a 12, and get behind enemy line setup. And then once I do that, whatever my other one was, if it was a kill one, if it was ritual, whatever, it's going to start scoring. So now that I'm in this position that I've set up and I'm in a board state that is my board state, you're fighting your way out of a bag to stop me from scoring, which is really difficult to do for my army. And you're trying to get Abaddon out of your deployment zone. You're trying to get these Raptors that can fall back and charge out of your deployment zone and dead so they don't fall back and kill something that's more important. Um, and then also I have five Terminators escorting him as well. Then the cultists come down next turn and move. If I need to, I can pick something up. And then a lot of times what happens too, and the final like nail in the coffin is a lot of guys have reserves that'll come in. And uh, Alpha Legion member has that stratagem where I can select two units at the start of your reserves phase. And you cannot deploy within 12 of them. They become infiltrators. So like if you're trying to make a play at my backfield, if you're trying to deploy and get some board position back, I just say no. And I just body block you in. And then at this point, it's like I'm in this board state that you probably aren't going to be able to remove until I've scored a significant lead in points. And you've probably not been able to establish the side no man's land objectives you've wanted to. And you're never going to get me off the middle. That's such a Chad move to just take your your talents <laughs> and just like move them up the board and just be like, all right, I'm just going to use them to body block. How, how many points is that for a nine man squad of talents? like 200 points 200 to 215 <laughs> 200 or something like that but they're like so but hard yeah. to get off the board i i loved every time that you were talking about your list i would look at scott and he would just like start shaking his head at certain things like the... yeah. <laughs> most of the time most of the time i'm shaking my head at it yeah yeah and i'm like dude the thing is about it is like any one part of it is not not the best thing it's not something new it's not some crazy over the top thing that you would look at what I've noticed is a lot of people that don't know the way the army plays and necessarily what I'm trying to do with it, they don't see it. There's a lot, there's like several, you got to think there's a redeploy into a pregame move into a purpose for this unit, which is setting up mm -hmm. really realistically another unit to do something for me. So it's multiple steps in this game plan that so far has worked out really well for me. Yeah. Um, like I said, that's the general consensus. It doesn't always have to go that way because it's very flexible. You know, if I need to, if I go second and you're a slow army and I don't need to do that, or I don't have to. If you're an army that really wants to body bomb, like if I was playing word bearers, I know I have obsec on the middle, and I know I can't afford to lose the middle because they probably have, uh, you know, two secondaries that are going to score on the middle. Mm -hmm. So maybe I put Abaddon in the middle there. You yeah. know, it's things like that. And I'll, I'll play for engage with my small trash unit. So it just, it's very flexible. It scores banners and it scores engager behind enemy lines super well every single time. Usually I can optimize my flex pick and it, and then the other key component is it has a source of obsec to make up for the fact that only legionnaires mm. and cultists have obsec. Mm. Um, that's my list. That's what it does. It's worked pretty well so far. I'm going to keep testing it and I, I'm starting to actually ramp up the real stress testing on it um, as okay. we move forward. But so, talk about testing it. I know you started, you said you played against Tau already. What else have you played against with this list and done well with, or that you beat because all you have <sighs> what you beat so far. So, I've played into a lot of stuff. I've played into Eldari, uh, like a Halo Doom variant. I've played Kraken Nids. Um, I've played into Custodians. I've played into uh, a Big Bug, kind of Jormungandr uh, mm -hmm. list. Um, I've played into the Chaos Mirror. I've played into several games of, uh, of this crazy, crazy Necrons that are coming out right now. Um, I'm just trying to test it into everything. I'm trying to see where the holes are, um, see, you know, which opponents are, are like, if my opponent catches on to me, like what they're, what they see what I'm doing. Um, and I'm kind of trying to see w literally where the list is fallible more or less, you know, 
and I'll talk about it. Like, luckily I'm blessed. We have a pretty good team out here that, you know, we can get very frequent games and I can really play against some, some good guys to really try to expose that stuff. But so far it's worked really well. Um, it's worked well. Like I said, the big thing about it is I reliably score those two secondaries and I'll max my primary, like almost every game. Um, I'm, I'm curious so, with your relying on deep striking stuff in, I, I, I'd be interested to see how your army does against the Chaos Knights with their uh, Harbinger abilities where you have to roll the Dread Test for the charges. Yeah, you know, I, I would love to see it. Um, most of the stuff's lead 9, um, lead 10 if the Chaplain's there, uh, or lead 10 if you're around a couple of the other characters. Um, you've got Abaddon there as well, so I'm lead 9 and above. Um, and also, like I said, it, my, you're minus 1 from Dread Test automatically. Just from Sure, yeah, yeah. So I mean... Yeah. I mean, I'm taking dread tests. Uh, typically, I want to charge the closest thing. I, um, and then also, well, you know, I, it's just anytime you charge, you have to roll for sure. the dread test. And if you fail, you're half char- you have to reduce your, char- your roll by half. That's good. Right. It depends. But I mean, against knights, it's not necessarily that I'm more or less trying to kill them. You know, my game plan is the same either way. Um, with Chaos Knights, um, in the games that I've played, um, I was playing Harlequins before that. I think that the game plan there would be more to impose uh, Abaddon and my Demon Prince. Um, and to realistically just hold on to some uh, the objectives that I hold on to already, and then use my smaller units to really move block and try to dictate where the fight happens. Um, usually, that's kind of what I've been able to do with a lot of these big, bigger model units, um, you know, into chaos knights, into big bugs, uh, you know, stuff like that. What I do is, is I use these small units, the five possessed. I use the three bikers times two. I'll use some units like that, um, even cultists, uh, if I, I can throw them away in, in matches that I don't really need to worry too much about people coming behind me and whatnot. And realistically, just try to dictate what you hit and, uh, and where you can go. Um, because a lot of this, this this moves fast. Once again, I'm not above using my raptors to just you know make a, a wall of bodies to keep you in your spot you know, and just yeah, not charge absolutely. you. So. Yeah. so, I mean, that's the point. That's kind of the point of it. Like I said, this is a deceptive list because you see some things on there and you see the raptors and you you up and literally occupy board space so that you can't i'm not necessarily trying to kill you at, at all because all of my all of my secondaries at score are not kill secondaries they're just about being in a certain place of the board and existing there mm-hmm. so you know that's kind of that's kind of what we're going at. so so um we're i i know that we're like running uh we're l- running a little bit long here but there's still like so mm-hmm. much more that i want to ask you here about uh, sure yeah about, let's keep about uh Cal rapid fire go well I, I wanted to know like so your list uh would you say that it's uh it's different from other chaos space marine lists that are going more like aggressive and you're going more for like just scoring points is that is that what uh, you're trying to get at or yeah to a degree um okay. i think that there's a lot of staples you're going to see matt that are going to yeah. be in almost every chaos list uh you're going to see the terminator brick yeah. in mo- pretty universally because that's just a very strong thing in the book um, which will be the ten Terminators, mm-hmm. Marcus Lanesh. You'll see them with the with the book on the on the Master P and the Dark Apostle. That's going to be there. You're going to see those several things. You'll probably see some bikes and whatnot. But the difference is in Legion choice and game plan. So you know, um, like I said, I think that I feel like I'd probably do okay into into word bearers. And uh, I'm actually one of the guys on our team has a just won an RTT with the word bearers list. So we're actually setting up a practice game. But I think that uh, this this is a good segue into what what's next here. I think mm-hmm. and. I don't think a lot of those are going to be the same. I think we're going to fall into the initial ruts and then people, we're going to see divergence and, uh, and different identities coming out. Um, but when selecting a legion, you know, I think that these are the things that I thought was most important in Nephilim right now. The first thing that I think is massively important is being able to control the table. So for me, the, the first thing that was, well, actually 
that's not that will that'll be the second because the first most important thing is second the secondary game because now secondaries aren't guaranteed stranglehold is gone to the last is gone all of those are gone so the first thing you need to look at in your legion is uh, how this set of tools will allow me to score the secondaries that are my play style reliably that's the first thing so when i looked at all of these legions the way that i play the game right now um uh, Alpha Legion fits me because that's what I know, and I know what I'm trying to do. Play if I'm playing for my supremacy category secondaries and my my shadow ops secondaries, they complement that super super well. It doesn't matter about kill power, um, which is something that in chaos I feel like is is a um, an antiquated thought you know mindset in what they do. Um, it's still there. There's still these very killy builds, but I think it's a little. We are a little. We are much less killy than we've ever been. So the first thing I looked at is my secondary options and what secondaries the Legion I choose opens up for me to score reliably to win competitive games against high-level opponents. Is Which Legions give me access to either gain more obsec for me or to reduce my opponent's obsec? Because Chaos Knights is a great example. All of their little knights have obsec. If I don't yeah. have obsec, it doesn't matter if I have the 10-man Terminator, Brick of Doom, and Destruction of Apocalypse, oh my god. They toe-touch one thing on it. A Harlequin steps on my objective and I lose it. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. So to a, to a certain degree, unless you have these special tools like uh, like um, heroics and a lot of these things, which chaos don't have a ton of, um, you, you need to be able to definitively hold your primary. Um, and that's a thing that, you know, I kind of learned playing some Dark Angels and then moving forward into this. I think that that's a very important thing for you to, to identify within your army. Some of the legions have tools that take them. Some of them have things like mine does with a, with a, a warlord trait that gives you obsec. Iron Warriors have it. Black Legion has both, which makes them very strong in my opinion. Um, that's the second thing that I looked at in what makes legions good or, or viable or less viable for me. Um, and then the final thing was what tools within my stratagems, relics, and warlord traits from my legions is going to personify the set of secondaries that I want to take? And how does that allow me to create and implement a game plan that will equate to wins on the tabletop. Um, so that's what I looked at, which is funny because I feel like my list and my front runners are, uh, are ones that are not the general consensus. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's okay because my play style is a little different, you know, and, and we'll see if it even works at all. Cause everything right now is all hypothesis with chaos, with uh, chaos space Marines, but those things are important. So yeah, that being said, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that uh, you keep saying uh, things about like your play style and stuff. And this is something that like I, I, I believe in like just so much is that um, whenever you're playing an army, you have to pick something that plays into your play style because like you can pick like a shooting army and it could be like the best army in the game. But if it's not your play style, like you're just going to fall on your face. Like it's, it's really hard. So like you have to really customize totally. your army as much as you possibly can to fit you. Right. Yeah. One of my good friends, Tom, uh, just did a, a podcast talking about the very similar mm-hmm. thing. Um, you know, I think that play style is important. It's something that's uh, very important for identity. And it's yeah. things, it's th- th- what makes certain lists able to win in the hands of certain great players, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to why some people will grab net lists, which there's no shame in it. It's a great foundation, but it's maybe why you can't take it to its full potential. Yeah. Because the, the tools that I see in per- maybe Alpha Legion are not necessarily the tools that another player might see as valuable to his play style. Yeah, um, but for my playstyle, some of the big shining, some of the big front runners is uh, obviously Black Legion. I think is very, very good. Um, Black Legion has both a relic that gives them obsec, and then they have a stratagem that removes obsec with your legionaries. So you can make some massive primary swip, um, primary plays yeah. there, which is huge. Um, and I think that that's a very big thing in the Nephilim setup. Where we're not seeing as much alpha strike, a lot of this, a lot of the game takes place in the mid board, fighting over no man's land. 
Um, I think the ability to both dictate your opponent's obsec and your own is a huge, a huge thing for mm-hmm. um, denying enemy ability agency in your primary and as well as you being able to hold down your own. I think that's super important. So Black Legion has both of them super, super strong. Um, Night Lords are kind of like a, uh, a legion that I don't think is getting enough credit right now because nobody's really attempted it. But they're, um, they have some tools that I think are super interesting as well in the hands of a good player. I think that they have, they have a Warlord trait. that They have access to two things together in abundance. They have Fight Last and Lock in Combats, as well as um, uh, taking away OBSEC. So you can jump into something, stick it in combat, say you can't leave and steal their OBSEC. So you can mm-hmm. hold points and, and make plays or lock things down, which is... Uh, which is super, super good in my opinion. Um, I think that those are some things that are really looked over because their legion trade is, is less than wonderful. It's it's um, it's only good into some of the some stuff in the meta. But if you run into other high leadership things, they lose half of their their trait. But that they're they're one of the few things that could. They have a lot of board uh, mobility, which, like I said, I think right now in this mission setup, mobility is king mm-hmm. because it opens up more secondaries than your opponents will have. So being able to, they have a redeploy mid game, a redeep strike. Um, not even Harlequins can pop up and read Deep Strike. Nightlords oh, can. Oh wait, they can. Nightlords can come in one just, turn. They can just come in and then just like redeploy their Deep Strike. Right. So they'll drop in. They'll fight. Oh. They'll do their turn. In your next movement phase, <laughs> you can pick them up and they read Deep Strike, which is super sick. <laughs> That's hilarious. They I also. Love that. Okay. It's good. Um, it's good. Think about if you're playing for R and D. Now mm-hmm. your five Raptors can drop in defensively, do it, pick them up, and do it again. So you don't have to build two units in. You only build one. Yeah. You know, or uh, or you know, you have that option. Or something that would hold your backfield in the late game can go up turn four and come down turn five anywhere after you've had dictation of the game state. I think that's really important and huge. Um, Night Lords also have a really cool uh, ability to come in one turn ahead on their deep strikes and strategic reserves. So they're the only legion that has a turn one deep strike. Um, which gets real kind of crazy when you start talking about some of the units yeah. you have and some of the ability to lock things in combat. You know, it's kind of like, could be like my little Raptor plan on, on, on steroids. steroids. You know, you drop yeah. in, warp talents come in, they can't fall back. You tag three, you know? So yeah. like things like that, that just really just mess up game plans in the hands of a right, the right general, you know? So I think that that's really important. I think that that's uh, something that's overlooked. I think they're pretty decent in their tool set. Um, but I, I do, I think that they're like, the ultimate op like uh sorry i'm plugging my phone back in do i think that they're like the craziest best legion there is hands down no but i think there's a lot of play in what the tools that they have are as the game develops and what wins the mid table Mm -hmm. and what wins your your secondary options um and then lastly i really like alpha legion um i like them because their ability to secure mobility on the table and also deny it from my opponent i think that's really that's really huge i like to be able if someone's playing rnd against me you just messed up you're never going to get it if you're playing for something like um you know whatever any of those if you're trying to deep strike some major threat in on me it's not going to work if you think that you're going to beat me in deployment i'm going to move it's just uh, like a lot of stages for me to be optimal and have an advantage in the mobility i think that those are that's the way that i play i think that's really good okay okay so if somebody were to go up against chaos space marines like they uh they don't really know exactly what's going on but they want to know like what Mm -hmm. units they should be prioritizing what would be the units so first I would look at what, what secondaries my opponent had, but there's a few linchpin oh. things and you identified one of them. If you see an opponent with the, the black rune, big terminator brick, um, if there's ever an opening to get to any of those characters that support them without those characters, those terminators are just regular terminators the and they will, they will die. 
Right. So the Dark Apostle, the Master of Possession, those are some things that if you can tag those things, um, that like I blew one up in a test game, my Master P exploded to double perils. Dude, like after that point, my durability <laughs> was significantly lessened, you know, and then you start losing Terminators. Next yeah, thing you know, I got four fairly, and two and, and whatnot. It's fairly easy to take out, right? It's just a caster and a, and a regular Marine on foot, you know, so it's nothing super crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are very important. And I think the other thing, too, is understanding your army identity because. If you're not an army that can re- that actually can challenge the midboard against a unit like that, then you should probably try to kill the stuff around it that's going to score them their secondaries as well. Yeah. Um, and just let them have the middle. If you can get to the backfield in a tr- the traditional manner, then that's huge. If you can kill the stuff around it, that's huge. You know. Um, and if you start taking away the things that score them points, it's cool if you have a big Terminator brick in the middle, but that's only scoring you one objective. Mm-hmm. And it's not scoring you engage if you took it. It's not going to R&D. It's not going to score you whatever else, long war. You know, you're just sitting on an objective and holding it. It'll score you one banner and four points. Yeah. So that's a big thing to identify. And then, you know, the other thing is kind of getting savvy with what stratagems maybe can um, can realistically get you and blunt your blunt your attack when you're trying to make it. Yeah. Like uh, Iron Warriors can go minus one damage. For me, I can conceal a unit. You're making a you're positioning to shoot, um, or if you're trying to deep strike on it, you know. Um, you know, just certain things that you just need to know. Word bearers have a stratagem that if they fail a spell, they can just spend the CP reactively and the spell automatically casts and can't be denied. Oh, what? So, I'm so, yes. Yeah, so, okay, yeah, sure. That sounds cool. It's called Malevolent Covenant. It's one CP. <laughs> um, when a caster fails a psychic test, they spend the one CP for Malevolent Covenant. And what it says is the spell is automatically cast at its, at its minimum casting level and it cannot be denied. Oh, that is um, hilarious. It's super good. Wait, so, can, can that work with like things like psychic interrogation? I believe it can. That's yeah, just huh. a psychic test. That's funny. So you just so, get a twelve um, on a psychic test, and then just like gets. Well, but that's psychic great. interrogation is a psychic action, not a psychic test. Oh psychic yeah. Test. I don't know if you. Yeah, can, which we could check the nomenclature on it if you yeah. have it. It's called malevolent covenant. Yeah. I'll it, pull it up. I think I got the book right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, going off of that, yeah. Um, uh, what, what were we talking about? I'm sorry. I'm like so mind blown about that. I'm like, what? <laughs> so yeah, if we're still talking about legions and viability, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think an important point to talk about is I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of players that were really excited about this release um, really uh, get bummed when they've heard that their legion isn't good. Quote, you know, mm-hmm. I've also heard a lot of people get excited at the glow up to their specific legion. And what I think that's important to stress right now is that some legions in some players' minds might be better be based on a certain skill set, but I, I think it's important to note that all of these legions are still very good because the codex generally is very good. Mm-hmm. None of them are super different than the other. Um, they just tend to exacerbate one stylistic choice within the codex. Mm-hmm. Um, so that being said, I think it's important for the guys out there, everybody playing from the highest competitive level to the to narrative levels, and every every person that enjoys warhammer in their own respective way to understand that every legion is worth trying if you, and if it's the one you love there are ways to play and there's ways to win and uh, i think that it's important to not give up on mm-hmm. it but to actually do the opposite give it some tries and try some try some cool generalship stuff get some tech and some jank in your lists and uh yeah. try to see what you can make work um the big things is just don't don't get swept away too much in trying to make the chaos codex as a as a whole something it's not we don't have a ton of shooting um, the shooting that we have is kind of like mid-grade at best. There are a couple legions that can accentuate that. Also, uh, understand how much obsec you have and and where you have it in order to formulate your game plan. And then inside of that, take the identity of your legion and what it does well and try to take that to the next level. I think that's the important thing to note about the Chaos Codex as a whole. 
Okay. Okay. So, um, I think that, I think that as of right now, uh, we can like go towards the end of this, uh, towards the end of this episode, we've been talking for a pretty long amount of time. Um, <laughs> but like Steven, it's such a great insight into uh, chaos space Marines. Um, just because like this book is like massive, it's a massive book. <laughs> yeah, it, it is hard to like read through everything. So hats off to you for, you know, <laughs> being being like one of the only 10 people that like that read through the whole thing is just because like, <laughs> yeah and you it's know crazy, it's, yeah. it's funny too because like we've been trying i've been trying to like formulate some other stuff but i spent so much time trying to make the you know mm-hmm. this kind of setup work and whatnot it's like dude i'm starting to like there's so much depth like me looking at a, at a black i'm looking at building like a black yeah. legion list as well and it's like just back to the drawing boards the stuff that works in this legion setup doesn't work in that legion setup mm-hmm. so it's like a much different play style and then you move into like word bears which are you know yeah. very killy and play a different game plan and it's like dude it's just everyone is so similar but so different in a way that it's like yeah. man it's like the, the way stuff scores and the identity is is different the book is deep and it's very nuanced so it's really i think it's fun i love that and i think there's so many cool ways to pull a lot of strength out of this codex yeah there's like there's so, so many warlord traits like there's so much stuff that you can pick oh. from in this book it's crazy what were we gonna say scott dude i was gonna say so i had two final follow-up questions if you don't mind real quick so First off, I know that there's been a lot of stuff I've been reading on the internet where people are kind of talking bad about the codex, um, mm-hmm. mostly because a lot of the options, the warrior options, have been taken away from stuff, and so people right. are like, you know, half my models that I've collected can't, I can't use anymore. You know, to, what do you say to those people to, to try to encourage well, them to keep playing co- uh, chaos? Uh, comparison is the death of joy. First off, you know, this is an eighth edition chaos space marines. You know, it's uh, it's what it's the new identity to it. So, you know, I think that embracing what we what we have now. And understanding there is a lot of strength in this book and there is a lot of power there. Um, and, you know, taking taking a constructive mindset in that understanding that, you know, your 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 old methods aren't necessarily the, the methods that work here, but there are methods here that work very well. Um, you know, I would say apply a little bit of ingenuity and a little bit of creativity and have some fun and and pull the 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 you out of this codex that you can pull out of it. Um, when you come to model loadouts and stuff like that, I do understand that it's frustrating to a degree. But one thing that I did notice across this book when it comes to things like Terminator loadouts and chosen loadouts, the reason they made a lot of these things accursed weapons or these and that and whatnot is because th- there will always was universally an issue with that box to where you're, you have one lightning claw, one power axe, one chain axe. One, it's like, dude, how am I going to make a unit of all this one weapon? I just, I can't. Well, now with the cursed weapons, all of your stuff can go into one unit and it's really general. And then for us, like if you're going to add one unit that's, you know, something that's divergent, uh, put a squad mark or something, you know, um, or something like that. You know, just I mean, you don't when it comes to chaos like this, as long as these types of things, as long as you're really clear with your opponent from the get go of the game and you can just identify by a base or something, the one model that has a different armament then it's pretty straightforward. It's really it's really simple and easy. So I would say don't, I wouldn't get too wrapped up in all of that stuff. Most of the time, if you check with your event TO or, or your head judge, they're going to okay what you're doing so long as it's clear and not confusing. Um, when it comes to mixed weaponry, they've done a great job of actually making it more inclusive and easier than ever to have non-WYSIWYG, what it used to be, units that are now viable, and they are WYSIWYG. You know, and uh, a lot of the kits give you the stuff you need. Um, and then the stuff that doesn't matter truly doesn't matter. Warp Talons all have the same lighting cost. Mm-hmm. So I think that when it comes to that, I would say don't go smashing and chopping up your, your model kit. Um, look into things like squad marks. Look into which units you're trying to really change. And uh, at, the end of the, at the end of the day, you know, it, it's uh, the hobby aspect of this is important as well. You know, you spend a lot of time to build and create and paint your models. You shouldn't be tearing them up. 
um, when there's easier ways and there's products out there to to differentiate certain models mm-hmm. and certain war gear. So I would be proud of the models you painted and built and just do, find a, a creative other means to differentiate your models. See, see, Steven, you say that, but listen, all right, as a hardcore <laughs> player, okay, like I, <laughs> he's just like, nah, fuck this. But, like as a Harlequin <laughs> player, all right, I had to strip away all of my fusion pistols. And you know how, you know how heartbreaking that is to have all my fusion pistols gone? Why don't you just put red squad marks? See, because I'm not smart, Steven. That's, <laughs> that's the problem. I think you're a smart right? guy. <laughs> uh, what was your other question, Scott? Um, so uh, like we did last episode. So I, I, being a school teacher, I grade a lot of stuff on that A through F scale. Um, obviously, with the tier scales that we see a lot of people doing with that, you know, S scale at the very top, where would you rate this codex? I think this codex is very solidly in the A tier. Um, I, I don't think we have anything truly. In my personal opinion, um, there's a, there's a deviation on whether people believe sisters are S tier or in the A tier. But I think with the data slate and with the Nephilim changes and how things have shifted and, and changed, I, I personally don't believe that there is anything in S tier right now because I think that sisters have a lot of weaknesses to a lot of the stuff that has been released and might be released, yeah, as well as some some huge issues. Absolutely. Um, and I, I, I agree with that. That if we're going to put sisters in S tier, that we need to bump up some other stuff in S tier too. Like there's going to be four, five, six things in S tier at that point. Which at that point, what does S tier even mean? I think we're. I think there's a lot of. A, I think everything is pretty much solidly A and B unless you're an eighth edition codex. So I think that right now, honestly, it's a. I've been talking about this. I'm kind of hyped on Nephilim because it's almost like the Great Reset, where it's like anything at this point in the game of Warhammer can win. Um, I think you're at the point where in the hand. It, that's an eighth edition book. We don't talk about those right now. Um, excluding the eighth edition books, I think that anything anything that has had a codex this year with the data slate out, with the new mission pack, with the CP changes, in the hands of the right person, anybody can make anything win right now, so long as it has a, a ninth edition rule set. So I think that that it, what a time to be alive, you know, where it's not nine void weavers, where it's not you know oh Drukari again, or where it's not oh man four flyer admech or freebooters, you know, like we're at this point where it's like. It's almost, I feel like, maybe people don't really know what to do with themselves because the game is kind of as balanced as we've seen it in a long time, which is really healthy for the game state. It's really healthy for all the whole spectrum of players, I think. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay, so let's uh, let's round this one off. Um, What are upcoming events that uh, you're going to be going to? And we'll do this as a roundtable for everybody. Any upcoming events that you guys are thinking about uh, going into? Now that you've talked about your list here, Steven, now people can go into the same event that you're going to and be like, I got the direct Let's counter go. to it. Let's go. They're going to be like, I watched like, that tactics, and now I know I got your number. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so lucky for us over here in SoCal, we're pretty blessed. Uh, there's a lot of mm-hmm. events coming up. Um, uh, the next two events that I'm going to be going to is uh, there's an RTT going on here. Um, at Onboard Gaming in Escondido, uh, which I'll do kind of last-minute tweaks before uh, we got a major coming up called Palm Springs Open, put on by Dice Hammer. Um, Dice Hammer events are amazing. Um, that event actually sold out, and it was their first inaugural Palm Springs Open. So that's going to be really cool. Um, a lot of us are going to be there. Are you going to that, Scotty? No, I got a couple buddies who will be there, but I'm, I'm not going to be on that one, unfortunately. Oh, okay, I thought I saw your name. But yeah, we'll, we'll, so my next major will be at Palm Springs Open. This is where I'm really going to stress test in a six-rounder to see um, really get... This is where I'm really looking forward to get data on this Alpha Legion list um, at, at the highest, you know, and kind of see if it does chalk up or, or where I get exploited. 
<laughs> if I do. Um, that's the next one. And then uh, through the fall, we're going to probably be try- – I'm going to try to catch one more U.S. Open event. I think Chicago seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't talk about how much fun I had at the at the, the U.S. Open. Um, it was such a cool event. There was so much interactive stuff going on. It was great. If you uh, if you get a chance to go to those, check it out. And then, as always, SoCal Open is uh, is a favorite here. I'm sure I'll see both of you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah. event is a blast. I know I've seen Scott in the top eight there, so that'll be sweet. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm kind of going, going to. for it again. Yeah. And that'll be the time. Don't talk about it. Be about it, Scott. Dude, demons are going to be out by that time, too, Scott. So you could just make your your uh, your run back real if, quick. If I, can get, if I can get my Kabanda model built by then. Your yeah. Kabunda? Your Kabunga? Your Kabanda. <laughs> 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 okay uh scott what uh what events are you going to so i i'm kind of in that slump right now where you know i don't have a lot going on as far as events go because like i said you know anniversary and travel next week for universal with the kids and everything but i don't have a ton i've got one tournament planned for the 23rd uh which is by a local shop by black ronin games and tracy um that it's kind of an odd event though um it's their first warhammer event they've ever ran and so they're using the old book still. They're not using Nephilim. They're still using Nachman. And so I'm sorry, I get, what? What? Yeah. It, but it's like, but. They're, <laughs> they're using all the chapter approved changes, all the points changes, but they're still using Nachman. What type of grognard friggin' came up with that rule? That's <laughs> I don't know. crazy. So, so there's, there's 10 people at that event. It's a real small local RTT. So I'm going to go uh-huh. to, you know try to you know crush some heads in there but i got a bunch of local guys i know going to that so it, either way it'll just be a ton of fun uh, okay. but in the meantime between now and then uh just to celebrate the demon codex coming out i do have a painting project i'll be working on oh. and if you guys recognize this model dude it's kabunga <laughs> no, brand. Nice this is scar brand i'll be working on trying to get a scar brand up and painted between now and then okay all right all right sick 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 um events on my end probably i i don't i don't go to many events i don't know i'm sure he's open i can't i can't i can't i have i have i have my lady friend that i have to keep track of i have my fiance that I have to keep track of and I was keep say, you start calling her your later your <laughs> yeah, lady yeah, friend yeah. not fiance there's gonna be more trouble here. i know i know i know um so yeah so we finally got to the end of this uh to this podcast guys um let's get to dude, plugging I, I feel like i feel like we barely talked about i know anything dude, <laughs> dude right <laughs> like it just there's so much that we could talk about um but uh let's talk about plugs here scott you want to go first i think that you have a new social media place that you can uh, I, you can finally I start do. telling people about yeah yeah, you know, because I'm so old, I was just on Facebook, <laughs> but I had to ex- expand out from there. So, uh, yeah, you guys can find me weekly here on Chapter Tactics. Otherwise, uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, my name on there is that my, my name normally, Scott LaFountain. And then I do have a new Instagram account I opened up under Mini Fight Club. Uh, I've got two whole posts on there already. Yeah. Woo, two. And, That's good. Uh, yeah, I know. You know, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, start yeah, small yeah. Somewhere, so. uh, but, yeah, you can catch me on there uploading stuff, me, uh, either stuff I'm painting, stuff I'm working on or events I'm going to. So yeah, grab me on there. Mini fight club. All right. And then Steven, where can people find you? Where can you find me? Yeah. Us friendly mid tier locals hang out at onboard gaming and, uh, around the San Diego and greater LA region. Um, you can check us out Xenos petting zoo or XPZ. Uh, we're in discord or you'll see us around. Um, please come up and talk to any of us. Um, we're a very sportsman oriented, uh, team. That's all about community, uh, or way more so than winning. 
um, which is huge. So if you're on the West Coast and you see any of us, please come talk to us. Uh, I'd love to, you know, have you, you know, come hang out, play, get better, and uh, we'll all, you know, have some community together. If you're on the East Coast, a uh, similar thing from Death or Glory Gaming. Uh, it's run by Tom Ogden. That's like uh, one of my one of my brothers. And uh, you can find on the East Coast. Uh, if you see any of them, please talk to them. They're purveyors of community as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll get you'll you'll get more games. You'll get more community. You'll get a, a bright minds that'll help you get better at the game. Um, also, check out next week. This coming weekend, if you're in San Diego, we have the OC Classic up in um, Westminster. It's a, a GT and prep of Palm Springs Open. Um, should be a great time. A lot of guys coming up there. So if you can catch that, there's a weekend event going on there. Lastly, support Onboard Gaming. Um, they have done so much for the community down here and helped us prosper in ways we could never have without uh, the support that they've given us. So shout out to Onboard Gaming. Yeah. And I just want to reiterate, um, XPC's, you know, great team. Uh, some of the best uh opponents that i've ever fought against like they're all really really nice um been going over to onboard gaming as well like every single thursday everyone's like super super chill there um and then uh their discord's uh pretty fire helps you uh organize like where all the events are especially if you are california based helps out a lot so go check that out um we'll put a link in the description and everything like that yeah, boy. As for me, you can find me at Walmart, as always. Um, just chilling, yeah. chilling in the electronics aisle. Um, probably like inside the five dollar DVD bin. Just like, <laughs> if you want to know like what's at the bottom, it's me. So just uh, stay away from there. Um, they still sell DVDs in the age of Netflix. Uh, you know, at the Walmart <laughs> that I go to. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, that will be this episode of Chapter Tactics. Thank you guys for watching. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, if you guys liked it, make sure you guys hit the thumbs up, press the subscribe button, all that good stuff. Get your tickets for LVTT. Get your tickets for SoCal on Saturday as well. And we'll see you guys uh, on the next one. Bye, everybody. Have a good night. <laughs>